KUT's AT Explained is back with a brand new season. Our first episode, what's up with that tower in Clarksville? I've heard it called the Clarksville Eiffel Tower, the tower, the leaning tower of Clarksville, all those names. Subscribe to AT Explained wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget our next AT Explained live show at the Paramount Theater on April 3rd. Brand new stories told live on stage. Get your tickets at austintheater.org. Support for AT Explained Live comes from Meals on Wheels Central Texas and World Interiors. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing What you think is in Our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. Our perceptions of world politics are shaped by 9-11 because it is something that we live through. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, the psychology of remembering 9-11. There is this interesting aspect of the difference between those people who live through an event and remember it versus those who don't, and how they see the forces that exist in the world. And it's related to why the Jews had to wander the desert for 40 years. The the legend is they did it because you had to wait for the entire generation of people who were slaves in Egypt to die before the nation was ready to be its own independent nation. And so so the idea was that that you, you wanted the leadership to be people who didn't have an enslaved mentality because the experience of everyone else was driven by what it was like to have grown up in that environment. And similarly, right, if you think about the influence of 9-11 on the way that we think and act, people who are old enough to be in leadership roles, because 9-11 was 20 years ago this week, everyone who's in a leadership role is someone who was affected by 9-11. They saw it on television. They, They, you know, it was it was all the topic of conversation for a long time. And, and of course, we as a, as, as a country reacted so significantly to it. And so our perceptions of world politics are shaped by 9-11 because it is something that we live through. And 20 years from now, when a generation of leaders starts to gain traction, who are people who don't remember 9-11, their perceptions of the dynamics of the way the world works will be different simply by virtue of not having had that shaping experience. And and this is, you know, I mean, in the efforts to teach history and for people to know history, there is a, a persistent difference between people who have lived through an experience and people who have only heard or read about it. It has not only to do with, you know, events of national tragedy uh, like 9-11, but I mean, even just the way the world was 20 years ago uh, in terms of what kind of communication systems were available and social media and iPhones and all that kind of stuff. For, for people who have lived in that, there's a, there's a, understandably a, a, a vivid recollection of what that was like, but for people who have just heard about it, they only can imagine, no matter how much you describe it to them, you know what that was actually what that was actually like. When you go through a particular experience, there becomes a particular way you're supposed to look at that experience. 
there's a consensus about what that experience means. Part of being among the group of people who went through that experience is that social consensus that develops about what it means. Yeah. You know, of course, with any complex event, and, and 9-11 was a complex event, there are many narratives we could have told about it. We chose a particular one, and, and that became the dominant metaphor for how we think about, in this case, world politics after 9-11. One of the things that happens as events recede in history, and you haven't necessarily gone through them, so for people who then didn't go through 9-11 directly, is that they have an opportunity to really think differently about yeah. it, in part shaped by the experiences of their lives and what they've seen, as well as the ability to look back on these events as historical events and read about them in a more selective way, that, that opportunity to really pick different kinds of sources that don't necessarily reflect the consensus view that emerged in the weeks and months and, and few years after 9-11. And so that's one of the reasons why it can be very difficult to reconceptualize that. It's not that it's impossible. You can do it, but in order to do it, you have to really turn your back on a social consensus that developed as part of a group that you were in. And, and I think that that's, that's difficult, particularly because a lot of the kinds of social consensuses that we are a part of are ones that we don't even necessarily think of as, as having their origins in our social environment. They just seem to be the way the world is. And, and, you know, and, and that's a good thing. I mean, look, we believe in the theory you know, of that, that there's a gravitational force that pulls things to the ground. Part we observe things fall to the ground, but we believe it's gravity, not because most of us know all of the equations that would help us to understand that, but just because that's what everybody else tells us. And the way that we think about, about international relations and how how the, the how things are structured in the world is similarly based on how everybody talks about it. It's hard to take yourself outside of that and say, wait a second, what if we're completely wrong about how to think about this and we have to reconceptualize it? And then even if you do come to a different conclusion, how do you get anybody else to listen if they're also part of that grand social consensus? And, and, and one of the variables that affects all of this is that when you experience something, like when the country experienced what happened on 9-11, there's an emotional component to that. I mean, it's not just knowing the facts and knowing what took place, but for much of American history, our country has been quite separated from the realities of war. And we've fought wars on other countries' territories, right? And, and now to suddenly recognize this extreme vulnerability that most Americans very complacently thought didn't exist, had an emotional impact that is hard to convey when you're just sort of telling people about an event that took place, you know, many years or decades in the past. Next week, we'll continue our conversation about memory and historic events by answering a listener's question. Bob M. asked, Please take a moment to address why September 11, 2001 is still a cultural touchstone, but February 26, 1993 
was so easily forgotten. It's outcome bias and much more on the next Two Guys on Your Head with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and I produce Two Guys on Your Head for KUT Radio in Austin, Texas. KUT's next AT Explained Live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.